0: Amen. God bless you, Rock family. How you feeling? Everybody feeling good? You Excited to be in the house of the Lord today? It's great to be with you. My name is Travis Gibson. I'm the campus pastor of the Point Loma campus. That's right where I'm standing. And we also want to say what's up to our online campus, microsites, all of our veterans joining us. Let's put our hands together, Rock family. And greet one another. Show some love around the county and the city. Around the world that those are joining us. Uh, Our pastor, my pastor, Miles McPherson is in London. We just spoke with him just a few minutes ago actually on a video conference and he sends his love. He can't wait to come back next week as we continue in our series The Testimony. So today is week two in our series, Week three. He'll be back here, so please come back and join him. It's going to be a blast. Um, I do, though, considering tomorrow is Veterans' Day, I want to say a shout out, send our love, our gratitude, our thanks to all of our veterans. My father uh, served 20 years in the military. and he usually sits right there. I don't know if he's there but I can't see him, but he's usually here every single week, serves the 12 o'clock, 20 years as a Navy corpsman, fought in the Vietnam War. so I appreciate our veterans. God bless you all. Let me pray for us and then we'll jump into the message today. Would you bow your heads? Online campus, bow your heads. Microsites, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you uh, for our our veterans. Thank you for their sacrifice, their service to you and our country. We thank you for today, the fact that we can come in and gather across the county and across the world to open up your scriptures without persecution, freely. And so we give you thanks and praise. Holy Spirit, come now, speak to all of us and minister to those that need to be met today with your love. In Jesus' name, can I get a good amen from everybody. Amen. Amen. Uh, So we are fully into the holiday season. How many are excited that Thanksgiving is upon us, Christmas is upon us? Yep. Turkey and mashed potatoes are on its way. We got ham, lamb, potatoes, tomatoes, greens, beans. You name it, it is coming. It's coming. Yeah. And Christmas is coming too. And I know we all got some some, some great memories uh, about Christmas and the holiday season. One that comes to my mind is Christmas morning as a little boy uh, and my sister who is eight years older than me. And I decided to give her a present that I found on my own. And when you're... Twelve or nine or ten, you don't have any money, so what do you do? You go look for the things they already own and just say, I I like that. They they like to reopen that. Let me go ahead and get that and you wrap it up. And so I don't even remember what I got, but I remember wrapping the gift, and I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put that in another box and wrap that one up. And I thought, oh, let's put that in another box. And I wrapped it, I kept wrapping it and wrapping it. Eventually I ran out of paper. I took the empty roll, stuffed it in that box, and then got new paper and wrapped that thing up. Put it under the tree, it looked like a really cool guitar. It wasn't a guitar. I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't worth anything. And Christmas morning comes and my sister comes to the tree. She sees her name's on it. It's a gift from me. And she begins to open the gift. And the package goes from this size. And if you hear last week, you know that Pastor Miles told us that the best gifts uh, come in small boxes. Unless you're nine. (laughs) The bigger the better. The bigger the better. And so this gift was big. and And then it got a little bit smaller. And my face is getting bigger. And her face is getting more confused. And... My motivation was not to bless her with a cool gift. My motivation was all about me. It was selfish laughter. That's what I wanted. And I got it. <laughs> Whenever you give a gift to God, whether it's a tithe, an offering, or an act of service, there's a motivation attached to it. It's the reason you give. And right behind me are some examples of gifts with a motivation labeled on it. Here are these black boxes, have a, a motivation labeled uh, manipulated Guilt, I felt resentment, I gave uh, grudgingly, I gave because I, I felt obligated. There, there's another side though where you can give and these white boxes have labels of faith. I gave because of my faith in God. Because of my generosity towards the poor. Because of my fear, my reverence and my respect for God. Because of my cheerful heart. That so Whenever you give, there's a motivation attached to it. And no matter the gift that's given, it's the motivation that's recorded in heaven. In this series entitled The Testimony. Everybody say The Testimony. We want to learn to give in such a way that God would release his blessings and declarations over our lives. And the testimonies about our gifts would expand the kingdom. I'm going to say that again. In this series entitled The Testimony, we're learning to give. We want to learn to give in a way that God would begin to release blessings, Rock Family. Release blessings, online campus and microsites. Over our lives as a declaration. And then the story that's being told, the testimonies of our generosity would begin to expand the kingdom of God. I want you to take this all-in pamphlet out that's in your bulletins. Take this out very carefully. When you, when you walked in today, you should have got a bulletin in your hand. I see some blank faces. So that means you just walk by that poor person trying to hand out a bulletin, man. Every week. And they're just like, sir, ma'am. You just, you just slap it and just walk by him. <laughs> take the bulletin. Take the bulletin. Take this out very carefully. Uh, It it says all in the testimony on it. And inside, I want to show you exactly what expanding the kingdom of God looks like. Um, On November 24th, we're going to take an all in offering that goes toward these potential 2020 initiatives. And we do this every year, and we want to show you these examples so that you know how your gifts make a huge impact in our church, in the city, in our in our nation, and across the, across the globe. And on the left, you see that some things are global, uh, some initiatives, and in your gifts go toward local ministry, national ministry, uh, internal ministry, stuff that happens right here in our church. On the far right-hand side, in the black column, it says All in 2020 Initiatives. You can see our goal at the bottom is to. Hopefully, get $3.5 million given through our all in series and all in giving day on the 24th. And here it is local outreach, we like to see a million dollars go towards that. $300,000 towards global outreach, $500,000 towards digital evangelism. 1.5 million go, toward, go towards new buildings and facility upgrades. By the way, we're praying for our South Bay campus. We've been praying, praying for them for many, many years. And we believe by faith that God has something in his perfect timing. So keep praying with them, Rock family. And we also want to do some other upgrades. And at the bottom, 200,000 towards equipping you, our church family. In the middle, on the right side, we'll call it middle right, Right middle. It says examples of how your giving makes an impact. And we get real specific. If you look at there, $25 would allow us to purchase three quality toys for our Toys for Joy outreach event in December. Uh, $25 buys a ball for a Christian coach to start a soccer outreach among Muslim youth. Come on, somebody, that's awesome. $25 buys a ball, that creates community where young people who don't know God can come to know him for the first time. $100 provides 75 free lunches for our Toys for Joy guests. $1,000 enables 100,000 people to hear the gospel online. That leads to 2,000 people making a decision for Jesus Christ. You want to go even further We want to go more, 5,000, that drills a clean water well in a poor Haitian village. 14,000, it just goes on and on and on to the break of dawn. But we want you to know exactly what your giving goes to. And you may say, how is this different though than what I do every single week? How is this different than my tithe? Well, a tithe is 10% of the income that God has blessed you with that is given back to God in the local church. Anything over and above that is an offering. That's what this is. And so we want you to know. And now here's the challenge uh, today. We want to challenge you to decide. Everybody say decide. decide. We want to challenge you today to decide what you're going to give on the 24th. And you can review this with your, your R group, your D group. Uh, go home, put it up on your refrigerator with, with, with your family. Maybe your wife, and your husband, your wife, you get together, you pray over it. Your boyfriend, girlfriend, a single person. Go to school, whatever. Pray over this. We want you to decide. You can decide. Stop this in your, in your in your Bible, or put that away for now, and keep that with you. And I want you to just write down 2 Corinthians chapter nine verse seven. I'm going to read it to you. It says, "Each one of you should give as you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for the Lord loves the heart of a what? Cheerful. A cheerful giver. Someone shouted it real loud over there. A cheerful giver. And, and, and God's word says you should decide." In fact, each one of you should decide in your heart and, 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 and do it cheerfully. Prepare yourself. Don't do it out of guilt or resentment or grudgingly or, or where you feel manipulated. And what this verse lets us know is that there's two sides to giving. Those that have decided to give cheerful, that's their motivation. There's another side, and those that feel like they're giving out of manipulation or obligation, or maybe it's just become a religious thing for you. You've always done it; the heart is out of it. You don't really think about it. In fact, it's become sort of laborious for you to do. I just, I guess, I just do it. I don't know. There's two ways to do this, and giving is very, very personal. Look up here. Not everybody feels comfortable talking about giving. I don't mind it because I give. My wife and I give, and so we don't have a problem talking about giving. But some people feel. Obligated. They they feel these things here in these black boxes. They feel like, well, I don't even know if the church gives the money to the things they say they do. Or or I gave two years ago. That should have been good then when I was doing better and my my business was was thriving. I gave a little bit then. And so there's two sides to this. When your motivation is the black boxes, that's all about you, how you feel, how, how, how you've experienced it, what you think about giving. When you give from this perspective with the white boxes, that's all about Jesus. That's all about God. See, giving's very personal. It's either all about you or it's all about God. And check this out. If you miss the wrong person, you miss the whole point. Giving's real, real personal. I wanna give you three points. If you're taking notes, write these down. And then I'm gonna tell you a story out of the Gospel of Mark that's gonna unpack these, these points. And these are from last week, but I'm gonna bring it in a new way from a different story. So if you're taking notes, point number one the motivation attached to your giving establishes a witness in heaven. The motivation attached to our giving establishes a witness in heaven. And point number two, the motivation attached to our giving unlocks a testimony over your life. And point number three, agreement with that testimony leads to kingdom expansion. Kingdom expansion. Uh, Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 14. If you have your Bibles with you, it's in the second half of the Bible in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark. There are four accounts of the same gospel story. That's a story in life of Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, if you have your Bible app, go to Mark chapter 14. We will start reading in verse 3 and go through verse 9. And this is how it reads, Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 3. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. I want to point out something that's real important. This story takes place during Passion Week. Passion Week is the week leading up to Easter or leading up to the cross, the crucifixion. And so you would have had Palm Sunday on a Sunday. Jesus rides in triumphantly to the city. Then this story takes place probably on Tuesday. The Bible doesn't say anything about Wednesday. In fact, they call it Silent Wednesday. And on Thursday he's betrayed. Uh, he, he's he's uh, uh, hung on the cross on Friday. And on the third day, Sunday, he is resurrected. This story probably takes place on Tuesday in Passion Week. In verse 3. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly. That's a big word, Rock Church, indignantly. Come on, Bible, that's a big word. (laughs) Furious, indignantly. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. But Jesus, leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor... You will always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. It's a cool story, isn't it? Let's write down point number one, if you're taking notes again. The motivation attached to our giving establishes a witness in heaven. What's the motivation of this woman's gift? She brings this very expensive alabaster jar of perfume. Well, some say it's worship because that's what she did. She comes, she takes this jar and bang, she breaks it open. Pours out the whole thing over Jesus' hair, over his body. There's another account where it's on his feet. And it's just worship. Well, some say that's what the motivation is. But I think it's cheer. I think her motivation is cheerful. And I know that because I think she decided what she was going to give before she got there. She, She wasn't already in the room and Jesus did one of his party tricks and levitated and she was like, oh, take my money. (laughs) <laughs> Look what you did, Jesus. say, like, Take my money, Jesus. Verse 3 says, a woman came with an alabaster jar. And what does it mean? If you came, you came from somewhere. I assume she came from her house. And she decided before she got there. And we just heard in 2 Corinthians that each of us should decide in our heart what you're going to give. Not from this side, but from this side. Because the Lord loves the heart of a what? A cheerful giver. And so I believe she decided what she was going to bring. And she takes this alabaster jar and the Bible says it's worth one year's salary. Now think about what you make. Now don't shout it out, right? It's like don't make other people feel bad or whatever. You know, just like what do you make? $15 an hour, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks in a year, it's about $32,000. Minimum wage, right, roughly there. Do you make that? Do you make 60? Do you make 80? Do you make 100? Do you make a million? I don't know what you make. The average household income in San Diego is roughly $75,000. Anything that's called nard, that's where $75,000 has got to be the bomb. I'm just saying. It has got to be good. What's that called? Nard? You want some of this? Don't put that on me. I don't don't want nard. I don't know what that is. (laughs) I want you to imagine with me, though. She makes a decision. She's in her house, she's looking around. What am I going to bring my Lord? What am I going to bring Jesus? Because maybe she wasn't in the room, but she's seen what Jesus had already done. And she had heard about his love. And and she had heard about his miracles and his grace. And, and, And this healer and this man that forgives sins. And so she is at home looking and deciding, what am I going to bring? What am I going to give Jesus Christ? And she sees it right there, the alabaster jar. That's it. And she makes a decision, yes, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, My wife and I, Vanessa, we've been together for almost 12 years. And we dated off and on for about four years. Just trying to figure our stuff out. And and married, we're in in our eighth year of marriage. And and marriage is awesome. I love it. It's so worth it. Um, And so in in those dating years, though, uh, going back and forth, we're just trying to figure out what what are we doing. Get ourselves settled in the Lord. And we had made that relationship sort of the, the center of our lives. If you know what I'm talking about, say Amen. Right? When a good thing becomes a God thing, it's not good. And so that good thing had become a God thing. It was the center and source of our lives. And, and, and when you've been dating for many years, and, and people who are dating, and you've been dating many years, and you're not a student trying to pay off student loan debt or something like that or graduate, you need to do two options. Either have a breakthrough called engagement or break up. That's what you need to do. We broke up. We broke up. Spoiler alert, we made it. (laughs) It all worked out. (laughs) But we broke up because we needed to seek the Lord. And then I decided after that breakup, the Lord spoke to me and I said, that's the woman that I'm going to marry. I can't imagine her with anybody else. I don't want to be with anybody else. She will be my wife and I will be her husband. And I made a decision, yes, I'm going to go after her. I'm going to chase her down, I'm going to call her until she calls me back. And then I started getting excited, I started getting cheerful, I'm like, come on, somebody, I'm getting excited, I'm going to get the ring, and I went to all the stores, I went to Robbins Brothers, I was at Zales, I was online, looking at all the rings, checking, I'm like, what am I going to buy? I started thinking about the proposal, I'm going to get that ring, and I'm going to (laughs) bump like this, right? And then mariachi, mariachi is going to come out, and they came out, by the way, they came out, they were there, and that's how I'm going to get her. And I proposed, and that's what happened. I made a decision, but in that process of saying, I have decided in my heart, the excitement and the anticipation and the cheer that came over me was so good. And this woman said, That's it. That's the gift that I am going to bring. I have decided. She looked at it, said, That's my motivation. What's your motivation? Because God can see it. Is it coming from the black boxes? I feel manipulated. That's why I do it. I I, I feel shame. I I feel obligation because that bucket comes every week and I I never do anything with it. I, I just sometimes, and whatever I have, I don't come prepared. Just whatever is there. Or is it about Jesus? And I come ready and I pray through it and I'm excited. Here's point number two the motivation attached to your giving unlocks a testimony over your life. So, what testimony or declaration? Does God make over her life? We find it in a few verses, but it starts in verse 4, because before God can speak, someone else does. Before God makes a declaration, the people around her make an accusation. In verse 4, this is what it says, some of those present were saying indignantly, dang that word, to one another, why this waste of perfume? (laughs) Now I kind of get this, uh, because I'm a cologne guy. This is a... this is Hugo Boss. Kind of looks like an alabaster jar. I Googled it. It does. But this is Hugo Boss Unlimited. No limits. Unlimited. Maybe <laughs> I put Unlimited on. Come on, girl. Nope. Hugo Boss Unlimited. And I get this. I'm a cologne guy. And so these guys, go, why the waste? Because there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a right way and a wasteful way to put the cologne on. And by the way, you can always tell... Um, uh, what generation you are from by what cologne you wear? Because when you smell old spice and three flowers, you're like, "Who's granddad's here? Who's grandpa just walked in? <laughs> huh? Where's he at? Where's he at? <laughs> in the 90s, it was Dracar. Mm hmm. I spent all my money when I was 18. I was just, yeah, man, take it. I want Dracar. Cool water. Woo! Then Calvin Klein came out and messed everybody up. Obsession, eternity, escape, CK1, CKB, truth. I was like, man, I get all the Calvin's. I just get all of them. <laughs> but there's a right way and there's a wrong way to put cologne on. Let me let me educate some people in this room right now. Let me see. You hit it once, pow. Do this, bam, bam. Hit the temples. That's it. You hit it once, little spread, bam, bam. Maybe some of that. That's it. Okay? Now, this is unlimited. I'm gonna give you the unlimited behind the scenes version because there's a level up. Here's a level up. I usually don't share this because you're my family. I'm gonna share it with you. Here's a level up. You squirt it and you just come into it. Come on. <laughs> That's next level. Doing the backslide, I'm, I'm writing this down. I'm right. You level up. I'm gonna show you one more time. You hit it and you just walk into it, and it falls on you. There's a right way and there's a wasteful way of doing it. And so they go, man, this could have been sold for the poor. This could they rebuked her harshly. And before Jesus has time to say anything, the people around her, they criticize her. They rebuke her. Check this out. Don't be surprised when the world around you doesn't understand your worship. Come on. Don't be surprised when the people in your family they don't understand your giving. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? If they didn't get it 2,000 years ago with Jesus in the room, they probably won't get it today. Don't be surprised. And so verse 6, Jesus comes and he brings his testimony. He brings a declaration. He speaks something over her life. In verse 6, leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing. That's what I declare over your life today. You've done a beautiful thing. The poor... You will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. So, what's he saying? Jesus, who is God, declares over her, You've done a beautiful thing and you've put me first. Wow. See, there are, there are lots of great causes to give to. There, there's your alumni association, there's a nonprofit that your your family's a part of, your cousin just started. There's many great causes. There's the needy, but then there's Jesus and he tells us, well, you've done a beautiful thing. I declare that over your life and you've put me first. And so what's the testimony about your gift saying about God? And what is God saying about your gift to him? Is it beautiful? Is it you put me first? Or, or, or are you giving like it's cologne? November 24th is coming in a couple of weeks. And those buckets are going to pass by you. And some of you are going to be over here just talking about squirt. Little goes a long way, squirt. This isn't cologne. This is alabaster jar. Jesus said this isn't cologne, this is your gift to me. This is your gift to God. This is the whole jar. He took it and smashed it, poured it over Jesus extravagantly. That's worship. She comes excited. I made a decision before I even got here, Lord, that I was going to break it, bust it, pour the whole thing out. That I would worship you with all my soul. What are you saying about that, Lord? He says it's beautiful. And you clearly put me first. So what does your gift say about God? And how is it expanding his kingdom? That's point number three. Agreement with that testimony leads to kingdom expansion. This one was tricky for me. I had to go into this this word and reread it a couple times. Uh, And and how many know that sometimes the, the passage that you read the first time doesn't hit you unless you come back a second or a third time? And you got to press into God's word. And that's what I had to do here for this third point. I said, Lord, how how does her generosity, her gift expand the kingdom? And go through God's word and and he uses your life and he uses the things you've been through. And he uses seasons. So maybe you've read a verse four, five, six times and you've read these stories. But then the one time that you read it in the middle of that storm, God spoke and he used it. So press into God's word. And I said, Lord, what, 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 what does this mean? How, how, is, how is that testimony leading to kingdom expansion? And I read verse 9 over and over, and this is what it says. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. You see, her story will be told where the gospel is preached. Her story is attached to the gospel. And it's happening today today. And it literally happened 2,000 years ago. Let me explain this. Uh, about a month ago, and we can bring the, the keys out when you're ready. But about a month ago, I was uh, on my way home and my wife texted me and said, honey, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but your son got into your cologne and he broke your bottle of Aqua de Gio. Oh, not Aqua de Gio. <laughs> That's my scent. That's why I got Hugo Boss today, because there's nothing left of Aqua de Gio. I'm still stuck in the 2000s. That was my scent, and it still is. And I'm so sorry. Usually, I like to keep them on on top, you know, by the the mirror, the vanity area. Uh, But when you clean the house, you know, you put it under the cabinet. My son, two years old, got into it. Somehow, broke the whole bottle. And I I said the same thing that that happened in the story. Ah, ah, Aquasil? Really? That was 50 bucks. I could have used that all year. I could have sprayed it all over the place. What a waste. What a waste. Ah, oh, I was frustrated. But then as I read this verse at the end of this story, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Her gift is attached to the gospel. What she did extravagantly will be told and remembered everywhere the gospel is preached and lived out. Remember when I told you that this story takes place during Passion Week. That the story probably took place on a Tuesday. And then Wednesday comes around and then Thursday he's betrayed and arrested. And Friday he goes to the cross. I wonder if in those final days of Jesus' life, if the aroma from that woman's gift went everywhere Jesus went. Oh my gosh. And the story about her gift... Would testify and prophesy to the goodness and greatness of Jesus Christ. And her gift and her extravagant worship that was motivated by her excitement to come give this to Jesus would have been murmured in the crowds as Jesus stood before Pilate. You smell that? What is that? You remember the woman? And the disciples rebuked her? That's her worship. And as Jesus goes and stands before his accusers and he's being whipped and lashed, the aroma, just imagine with me, the aroma of that pure nard that cost a year's wages that she broke the bottle, poured it over his head, the aroma would have testified to her story. Her gift expands the kingdom because she points to the king. Her gift expands the kingdom because she points to the one who rules over the whole thing, over heaven and earth. And so if you want to expand the kingdom, you point to the one that has healing power. If you want to expand the kingdom of God, you take broken people and lead them to the one who can heal. If you want to expand the kingdom of God, you take lost people and you point them in the direction of the one who can find them. If you want to expand the kingdom of God, you take people who are in darkness and you lead them to the light of life. That's Jesus Christ. If you want to expand the kingdom of God, you point to the king. And his name is Jesus Christ. And that's what this woman did right here. And So the question that we have to wrestle with today is, what is my motivation and my gift that I'm bringing to Jesus? And what is God saying about that gift? And how or if does it expand the kingdom? The challenge today is real simple, real simple. On the 24th, you're going to have an opportunity. And I'm challenging you today to make a decision. Each of us should decide in our hearts what we're going to give. Not reluctantly, not filled of guilt. For the Lord loves the heart of a cheerful giver. So decide, what am I going to do? And maybe you, you don't do what your neighbor does, but you do what God said about her. She gave what she had. And he declared it blessed and he declared it beautiful and he declared it a priority in worship for him. So that's your decision you have to make. But then many of us today need to bring a gift of your life. And this may be a, a first-time gift. I've never done this before. I've never... Decided to give my life to Jesus, and that's your gift. And attached to that is love and trust and hope and, and, and healing and, and expectation of what God can do. And God declares that pure, and His testimony over that gift of your life is you're now a son, you're now a daughter, and it expands the kingdom because your life is now a part of the family of God. Maybe that's your gift today. In a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance to make that decision. But there's a whole other group today that you've been far from the Lord, and today He says, Bring me your gift. Bring me what you have. You believe, but 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 help me, Lord, today in my unbelief, I'm just gonna come with what I have. I, I, I call myself a follower of Jesus, but my life looks nothing like it. I know what church is, but I don't know who Jesus is. You're in any one of those categories. And today your gift is I bring my life. And on the 24th, you make a decision. Would you bow your heads? Everybody in here. Bow your heads, and we're gonna pray together online campus. Would you bow your heads? Microsites, bow your heads. Someone's about to give their life to Jesus right now. Someone's about to get their life right with God right now. And the gift you're bringing is a renewed commitment, a steadfast, unshakable faith in Jesus Christ. The old things have passed and behold, all things have been made brand new. This is going to be a brand new moment for some of you right now. Whether it's for the first time, you know who God was when you were little, but now it's just this is your faith. If you need to make that declaration, that prayer, that statement of faith, I want you to pray this in the quiet of your heart. No one looking around. For anybody that wants to step into that deeper with Jesus, just pray this. Dear Lord, I love you. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. God, I believe you rose him from the dead. And through the resurrection, you conquered sin and death and shame. I receive your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, fill me up with new love and new joy. Give me a new mind, a new heart, a new spirit. I love you and I bless you. Thank you. Now as everybody's heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, in a minute I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask anybody that prayed a prayer or anything like that just to stand to your feet. And I'm going to challenge you to be bold and to make a decision and to give your life whether it's for the first time, this is a, a, a prayer of uh, that's it, this is the one, I'm not going back. Or you're far from God, you know who he is, but you, you, you fell in love with church, but not Jesus. And today you know, man, I'm going to get extravagant with my worship, with my life today. And I'm going to stand on my feet. And we're going to do it together on the count of three. One, get ready. Two, on my campus, let somebody know that you're standing today. Three right now stand your feet come on rock church stand to your feet god bless you 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 good